This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop One in Five pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my always kind and fearless co-host, Mina Kunla-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. She's hating it. We're recording this episode live on Facebook, and we've asked uh, the listeners to give us some words to describe Mina. It makes her super uncomfortable, but that's <laughs> what I'm here for. Yes, indeed, that is. <laughs> If I didn't make Mina uncomfortable, then we wouldn't have started this podcast. Right. So welcome, friends. I think it's one of those tactics when people do entertainment that you know how they have to shake their crazies out. Um, it's kind of like that. Right. So this is going to be a fun episode. We are delighted and honored to have Greg Waddell. He is the owner and creator of Lodestone Candles on with us today. He is a he's in our mastermind, so we know him well. He has is a multi-share machine student, and he was so generous to share this information that he was sharing within our mastermind. And I said, hey, would you mind sharing this with our listeners? And he said, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about his warm email strategy that he's used to grow his wholesale business. But first, welcome to the podcast, Greg. Hi everybody. Hi, Jackie and me. It's great to it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. So, tell us about Lodestone Candles. Let our listeners know about your business. Uh, well, I can tell you is that um, well, actually, I started Lodestone Candles just as um, well. I have another business too where I do identity and branding and and design. And one year, uh, my wife and I were in Scotland, and every single town I went to we would see the same candle brand. It was made on the Isle of Skye in Scotland. And I just gave me this idea of like, what if I, because every year I would buy a holiday candle as a thank you gift for all my clients at the end of the year. Like, well, what if I made my own? So I got home and did the research. And as my wife likes to tell it, all of a sudden there were like 40 boxes on the front porch <laughs> with all kinds of supplies in it. 
and started doing the testing. I um, fast forward, I, uh, I said, wait a minute, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do an identity for it, a logo. I'm going to design packaging. Basically what I do for my clients, right? And a friend of mine has a, a letterpress studio and I had her print all the labels for me. Um, long story short, a, um, a little shop in our town, population 5,000, um, <laughs> got wind that I was doing this. And she said, why don't we try to sell some? And I thought, yeah, right. You know, if I sold 20, I would be able to recoup all my costs for my client gifts, you know. But in three weeks, I sold 120. And I was like, wait a minute, in our tiny little town. And uh, she, uh, the owner of the shop said, if you develop a line, well, I'll carry it. So in March of 2017, I started with six brand new fragrances. And now we have 19 and um, in 75 plus or minus stores from coast to coast. So you know, it's been a really, <laughs> really wild ride. The branding, I want you all to head to lodestonecandles.com. His branding is incredible. And I think that's so much of a differentiator, you know, in a world of candles. And we always say there's room for everyone, right? But the the branding and I think what you pulled on, which was your expertise from your other business and how you pulled it into this, that's one of the differentiators, I think, for your business. Plus, um, if you're watching live, you can see... Greg, he has this beautiful library behind him. It makes you feel like you're in a, how would you describe it? Like, like a library, right? An old, old, like, just like, like what you said, a library. An old school library with like leather bound books, and dark mahogany wood and like lit dimly where you just want to sit there and like sip tea and read books all day. And that's very much how his branding is as well in his business. So it's really differentiated you, I think in the industry, which is why you sold 150 candles off the bat mm -hmm. right well you're right and that um i knew that the identity was really important because there are so many candle brands out there i mean like hundreds thousands you know so many and uh i knew there had to be a hook what's the hook um mm -hmm. and that's really important for the success of any brand whether you're selling you know dog leashes or candles mm -hmm. yeah for sure and i think that when you're developing your brand and really thinking about, you know, with yours, um, really think about the customer that it's right for, right? You, there's certainly customers that are drawn to you and certainly probably customers that are repelled by you, right? It's a specific customer. That's why there's room for everybody because there's a candle out there probably for everybody. There's a customer out there for everybody. And so as Greg mentioned, um, he... Um, when, you, when he first started in 2017, he started with one one retailer, the one that he sold 120, well, you know, that he partnered with and then ended up selling 120 or whatever it was off the get-go. And then now he has 75. Um, how many retailers did you pick up in 2020? Because most people ended up losing retailers. They end up losing wholesale accounts because of things being closed down. So how you went from, right now you have 75, but how many do you think that you got in 2020? Well, uh, I would say about <laughs> well, no, not, uh, I did. I'll say I did lose some. You know, uh -huh. some stores just went dark and they didn't. They couldn't buy, and I can't. You know, of course, mm -hmm. you know, I uh, can't. Uh, I don't blame them for that. But mm -hmm. I, I would say right now I'm at around seventy-five. So net, it was about twenty-five. 
25. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Imagine doing the math on that. That's two point whatever, two retailers every uh-huh. month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a time where retail was closing, right? And and I think also your direct-to-consumer has gone up as well, right? You've had your business has just blown up in the last few months. Oh, yeah. I was just running the numbers from last year this um this week. Patting yourself and on the back and drinking yeah, champagne. A little bit. <laughs> and uh, I was just looking, my my uh, Black Friday sales were 4.6x. So, I mean, I, over last year, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, yeah. We were really chatting fine. during Black Friday because Greg's in our mastermind. So we have, we're, you know, we, we we speak to our masterminders every day. And we it feels force like. them to do their numbers or visioning day. Literally force them, <laughs> which is why he knows now. He would have known them. Yeah. But I remember we were asking, and I was, "How's Black Friday going?" And you had given me your your goal, and then I don't know. It was like six hours later. Like I've blown past that goal and doubled it. <laughs> like, right, but that was my goal actually for the whole weekend. Oh, was 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 that number? And then I went beyond that by another. 30%. So, Amazing. <laughs> yeah, crazy weekend. But you know, a lot of that has to comes down to, you know, yes, I gained more. A lot of people were shopping online and not going to stores. Yes. Mm-hmm. But my retailers were buying and selling too. So right. You know, um, and I think for 2020, it all really comes down to marketing. Um, for 2021, while things were closing down, 2021 will look different. People are going to be navigating, figuring out how to be open during 2021, being hopeful, being expanded, all these different things. And that's why we want to talk to you about your email strategy and that welcome strategy, because right now, right. while doors did close in 2020, doors will become open again. And we're just going to forge ahead in a different way than we've ever done before. And it's really circling back to the relationship, right? It was always there for wholesale, but it's so important for people to remember that business to business is all about relationships and really reinforcing how you can make that that glue stick, that bond, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to hop right into this strategy and talking about that, but can you give us a little bit more about why do you have a strategy and and, and how you see it helping your business? Well, that's a great question because I'll be totally honest with you guys. For the first two years, I really didn't have a strategy. I was going to these really fun markets and having a great time and just kind of treating this as fun, more than a hobby. I wanted it to make money. But um, but then later, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been really, well, this, this thing's got legs. Let's see how far it can go. And so I just started applying some of the um, strategies that I use in my other business and help my other clients for our clients with. So um, the strategy really for me is to figure out um, just a couple of things. One is um, identify the wholesale or retail customers, the um, my retail accounts, identify them. You know, I know who they should be. You know, I know I have my own little checklist of, you know, highly curated boutique, you know, in um, maybe it's in a main street or resort or historic town um, or a busy metropolis like Brooklyn, that kind of a thing. So uh, I think about where they are. I also think about, too, like, what's the season that I want to get into that store? And I need to be talking to them. I need to be starting this conversation way before that season starts. That was a hard lesson that I learned 
um, within that first year, I actually started <laughs> strategizing. And um, so, um, yeah, I got to people too late. They had already bought for the holidays. It just, I guess this is a brand new world for me at the time. I just wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about that. So timing is really important to make sure I'm getting in front of them to develop that na- relationship, like you were saying, Mina, um, before it's time for them to buy. Agreed. So, okay, so we're talking about wholesale. So this is something where Greg is approaching retail shops, buyers on his own um, and thinking, okay, I want to work with them. And and we teach this in multi-stream machine, which I know you're also a student in. But the idea is, is what like you're talking about exactly is there is this there is this realm right now that has happened where there are buyers that are buying in real time. They need product quickly. They'll go on to some of those sites that exist out there and they'll buy and they want you to ship it right away and they'll put it on the floor. But the historical nature of wholesale is that buyers buy seasons like before. So in the fashion industry, for example, um, we'll be selling in August, September and October wholesale when they're going to have it on the floor in the spring of the following year. So it's usually about six months before. Um, So that's the first part in what you're talking about. You've done your research. You've identified the shops that you want to be in. You have identified the season that you want to sell them. So you've created a calendar. And then now let's get to your warm email strategy. work backwards. Work backwards. Correct. That's right. And then we get to this warm email strategy, which is that initial touch point email with these buyers, right? So let's share that a little bit with the listeners. Right. So the first thing that you need to think about is what's the, you have to understand the purpose of the email. The purpose of this email is to start a conversation. And really the best way to start um, to continue the conversation, what you're aiming for is a phone call. Because a phone call is a conversation. You can answer questions. You can dispel fears. You can, you know, you want to minimize back and forth. Basically, you're trying on that phone call. My goal is to lock down the sale, close, right? So um, understand the purpose of the email. It's that's the only one really is to get the phone call. Um, know who you're trying to reach. I kind of covered that already. Um, you need to know that person. If you studied them, gone on their Instagram, looked at their website, um, do they have a Facebook page? You can get a feel for who they are and what their likes and dislikes are just from that public face that they put up. They put that out there for their customers, but guess what? I'm benefiting from it too. So um, you should too, if, if you want to use a strategy. Go Can I ask you a question about that? What, mm-hmm. what parts do you look at? So let's say you find a retail shop in Brooklyn. Right. What are you looking for? And what's the, what's the, the, be- the, the pieces that you pull out that make you seem like you know them? In one way, I kind of vet the store by looking at how is the store designed? You know, is there a drop tray ceiling? Not my customer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I mean, I'm just going to be blunt. Is or do they spend money on their fixtures and make it a warm, welcoming environment for their customers? That's my customer. Um, I look at how other products are merchandised on the shelves. I look at the kinds of products. You know, there are kind of, there are certain brands that I have. Not that I look for them, but when I see them, I go, okay, I'm in with them. That's who I want to be with. I want to be on the shelf with that brand. Um, right. So, I mean, yeah. they have to be a match and an and alignment with your particular brand, right? This was uh, when Jack and I went to Dallas Market, we walked the floor and one of the people we met was a man who was making wooden bow, t- bow ties. And he was trying to get into wholesale and he was approaching boutiques, clothing boutiques. And mm-hmm. it turns out that his market was actually in museum shops, right? Mm-hmm. 
So Mm -hmm. really doing the extra homework of where your customer is showing up. It might not be what you think, like a clothing boutique for a a wooden bow tie. It might be something more layered because a customer is very much a complex person when you're trying to pinpoint um, where they're buying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's uh, it's a really great point. Um, In fact, I found that some of the uh, a niche within my niche are um, stores that specialize in high quality craft. They're attracted to the letterpress labels. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just like a specialized um, craft Uh beyond beyond the candle. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay, so you've done your research, you decide if they're the right fit, and then what's the mm-hmm. next step? The next step is really to start um, writing the email. Um, and what you want to do is keep an eye on the length. You really don't want to go beyond 125 words. Really, keep it short. If it's too long, they're not going to read it. Um, they're just going to keep on going. So um, that's start writing the email. Really, is the next step. The what you're trying to do really is when you're writing it, you're structuring this email is um, you want it to be have kind of a, a four part um, structure to it. One is you're trying to establish a meaningful connection. You should start with something relatable that uh, it's your prospect can relate to, right? You may have discovered their Instagram feed and just fell in love with their store or, you know, or Facebook or otherwise. They might have just recently got some press. Yes, perfect. Yeah, you mm-hmm. saw them in People Magazine or you saw them mm-hmm. in uh, the New Yorker, you know, that kind of a thing, or New York Times. So um, so you want to establish that meaningful connection. Um, and so, you know, not everyone has to be a direct, meaningful, very direct is what I'm trying to say. You may discover that your prospects just um, received um, a new, uh, they just opened a new store, right? Mm. Congratulating them on their new location. Just enter with that. They're, they're, they're feeling good about it. Well, hopefully it went smoothly and they are. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, so they're feeling great about that. And you're noticing that. That means that they, it's what it does is it triggers in their head on a subconscious level or maybe even conscious that um, you've done your homework. You know, you're contacting them because you know, you've looked at them, you know who they are. So you might want to come to my notes here. So the next thing is you want to do is establish a value, a value statement within this email. So that's something like um, what your country, what your product does, who your target audience is, what are the features and benefits of your product and why you think you're a good fit for that retailer. Um, I've even included um, some, you know, exact figures of sales that other boutiques like them have, you know, how many, how many units has that particular boutique, which is almost a match side by side, but on the other side of the co- other side of the country on the West coast versus the East coast, well, they move through, you know, 5,000 units in six months. That's a possibility for you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're selling so- to the same customer. The value statement is why does it matter to them, right? Exactly. Why does it matter to them? Exactly. That's a great way to sum it up. So then the last and final point, remember, you only have 125 words here to work with, but the last and final point is the call to action. Say, when can I, when can I email with, you know, when can I follow up with you? Is there a phone number I could call, you know, ask for that phone call, 
I mean, you have nothing to lose. Right. I mean, the worst that can happen is that they do say no. So I think there you're opening up a line of communication with them. Mm-hmm. And I love everything that you've done because in that short email, you're warming them up because we always say a lead should never be cold, right? A, a pitch should, should never be cold. Yeah. A cold, cold call, call should never be cold. <laughs> what That's do right. we say? <laughs> there should always be, always be some warmth. And a lot of it, a lot of times it happens in the um, pre-research, like what you did. But mm-hmm. I think you actually have to, what you did is you're creating this communication with them, but also you're making yourself very likable to them, right? Mm-hmm. Because you are, you know, usually complimenting or congratulating them or getting on board with something that they're excited about. Like you said, congratulations on your new store. Uh, and and then also you are telling them what matters to them because there's so many times where people will approach, for instance, Greetable was on our podcast and Zoe Sharf, she does a three by three by three box. But she had people approaching her with things that did not fit in that three by three by three box, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, or she would get line sheets and she would have to go digging for the things that would fit. People do not want to go digging for why it matters to them. You have to present it to them. And then you actually have to let them know what the next step is, which is what Greg is talking about. Hey, I would love to jump on the call or would you be available for a call at your convenience? And you really get on their timeline. And Mm -hmm. at least it shows, you know, that relationship. Yeah. Can I add to that too when you're asking for the call? Is um, I am the past and this has been successful is even giving them three dates and times to choose from. Uh-huh. Um, and another quick line after that, if none of those work for you, I have others available, which is like kind of, you want to do the thinking for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that. And go look at their calendar to figure out, you know, no, you know, I mean, just give them the dates and, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll likely say yes. If you've done all the other things right you know. Mm-hmm. Do you um so do you give them anything else? Do you send them line sheets or a link to your website or anything else that goes in that first email? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, my email signature always has my link to Instagram and my website, of course. But um I have found that well, I've done it both ways. And I honestly don't know the right way as far as sending a line sheet goes. Something about it makes it feel a little too forward and too pushy, but a lot of times I've said, I have, you know, a line sheet ready to go, just say the word and we'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like asking for permission. May I please send you this thing that may clog mm-hmm. up your inbox, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 26 so, megabytes. No, right. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to reduce the file size on your PDF, folks. Can I give everybody a tip? Sure. Yeah, please. Okay. We teach us a multi-sheet machine. So welcome to insider tips. Oh, from- what's happening? <laughs> She's like, oh God, you're going to give up. No, you can do a URL. So you can have your land sheets uploaded to your website and it can be a hidden link URL that you can oh, easily just idea. give them a link to click. They don't have to download. They don't have to worry about any of that. So they can click over and then they can go through your land sheet right there. That's mm-hmm. an excellent idea. I love that. Yeah. Let me write that down. <laughs> yeah. Go back into that yeah. part of the course, Greg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, the reason why I love all this too is because back in the day when we were all applying for jobs before we were unemployable as entrepreneurs, um, they would always tell you customize your resume. 
this is customizing your email, right? Make it so then it seems like you research the company, you give why you'd be perfect. Like they're like, Ooh, this is the perfect match. Like I can't say no because I will never find someone who's more perfect for the job. And I think that that's what you do really well in this warm email is that you're saying I'm perfect for your boutique. And here is why, right? You're fitting, you're putting the, you know, you're putting yourself in where they find you valuable. Exactly. So here's a question that we got over on Facebook and it's a question for you. So you send that email and then we don't know, you know, do you track if they've opened it? Do you follow up? Cause someone asked how many times can you email that potential wholesale client without feeling like you're harassing them? Until they say stop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if they're, if the answer is no, then the answer is no. But, um, and they, um, I mean, it's kind of a snarky answer. Sorry, but uh, no, it's funny. Um, it's, um, I have I follow up because you know think about how many emails you get. You know, mm-hmm. today I got over two hundred, so um, it's a lot. So it just keep in that keep going back to that inbox. You know, I've sent some I've sent emails two, three, four, five times before I got a response. But here's a tip too: what I've done. In the past two is I've written an email that says, hey, I've sent you this email seen below. Um, If, you know, just reply back to me with, give them a multiple choice, one, two, or three. A, you know, no thank you, but thanks for contacting me. Two, I'm super busy right now. Please contact me on this date. Or three, let's follow up in October. Mm, I love it. And um, again, doing the thinking for them and make in that way they're engaging with you and you know what's what's going on. You know, you're not just left hanging. So um, that's a that's a neat little trick that's worked for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think that when you're emailing people, you know, they will rarely get mad at you if it's a good fit. That's the thing, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you're making their job easier because they're not having to go look for people. They'll probably get real annoyed real fast if you're not a good fit and you're harassing them. That's when it becomes mm-hmm. harassment. You know, right. subject line email one of 111. You know, but me, but me and I get quote unquote harassed all the time. Like we'll yeah. get emails from people Pitches. about, I want, you know, do you want bro so-and-so to be on your podcast? <laughs> he talks about, you know, Lamborghini lifestyles and we're like, we don't, you know, right. know. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like three more emails like, Jacqueline, this is your last chance to have so-and-so on your, and we're like, yeah. you d- know nothing about this our. This is why your audience would be a perfect mm-hmm. match for what he or she talks about, you know? So, right. so that's yeah. the idea, right? Like, but then we get an email from somebody that is just the perfect fit. And we're like, yes, come on. And like, or thank you for reminding me. I got 200 emails today and mm-hmm. thank you for popping up to the top of my inbox. Um, right. So, and I love that you give them permission. And it's also very, like you said, very personable. It's like a relationship. You're like, I don't want to bug you. And it's not mm-hmm. salesy um, in the way of some of these other emails that we get where it's like, it's, it's almost like a threat. Like mm-hmm. this, right. where I'm going to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and I love that. I think that that's something for everyone to think about, like try to take out that feeling that you're harassing people and you gently nudge them and then let, let them allow for you to respond, let them say no or no, thank you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I, the, the mindset I take towards it is that they need to sell too, just like I need to sell. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, I mean, not to sound grandiose, but I'm doing them a favor. I'm doing us both a favor here. I'm establishing mm-hmm. a new revenue stream for both of us. Mm-hmm. I think we're a good fit. Don't you think we are? Let's do business mm-hmm. together. 
Right. And uh, that's, that helps me get beyond that thing of, um, am I harassing them or not? Yeah. Um, the the other thing, it is yeah. a win-win. And be grandiose. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing too to think about is that um, these, um, oh, the, the email tone, you want it to feel friendly, like you're talking to a friend, but be careful you're not being overly familiar if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but the, the idea is to keep it upbeat and, and definitely like you know who they are rather than, you know, like you were just saying the Lamborghini lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they didn't do the research on who mm-hmm. you are and who you talk to. Right. It's by doing this, by following this email, warm email template um, uh, that I've laid out here, you've done the research, you know who they are. And yeah. you're ready to, um, you want to do business with them because they need to sell stuff too. I yeah. love that. It's collaborative. I mean, that's what we saw last right. year. It was like, we need to keep each other in business. How do we continue to do that? Mm-hmm. Right. So just to recap the the points, sorry, Mina, did you have something else? Oh, I was going to say, so when people do say no to Greg, he doesn't have to think, oh, it was me. It was something I did. He really can say, I mean, he, he really can think, that it had nothing to do with them. It probably has to do with timing. It has to do with what their own budget is. Because when you're a match with somebody, when they say no to you, it has nothing to do with you. You know, so really don't hold yourself back because you think that, oh, I asked this person and they said no, and that means this and this and this. It doesn't mean anything. No just means no right now. Mm-hmm. You're not the right fit just, right now. Right. Just like when somebody uh, unsubscribes to my email list. Not a good fit, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not my people. There's somebody else behind them who we're a better fit for. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I want to go over these points again. Um, okay. So, 125 words for that initial email. Yeah, you can go over if you want, but just be careful. Keep it short. Right around there. The number. The next one would be establish a meaningful connection. So you want to you want to do your research with uh, on their business and then connect to something about them in the very first mm-hmm. sentence. Number two would be, why does it matter to them? So establish some sort of value statement, something about your products or or your customer and why your business is a good fit for them. And then the third thing would be a call to action. So opening a line of communication of when you can follow up or jump on a call. And you gave a point of like, you might give them three dates and times. And if none of those work, that you would have others available. Did I capture all the, the warm email? Steps? You nope, okay. you did not. There was something you said following up. Oh, thank you. Follow Let me up. add that. Thank you, Mina. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Follow up. <laughs> thank you for following up on that, Mina. <laughs> uh, follow up. And when you followed up, you kind of, I loved that you gave like a three option thing like, hey, I just want to check in on this email. Mm-hmm. Answer one, two, or three. Yeah. yeah the, I love that follow up. Let's follow up in October was so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that uh, multiple choice thing is like my last Hail Mary, Hail Mary pass to get them to, you know, uh, to contact me. If they haven't okay. responded to a couple of others, then I send them multiple choice. Gives them a chance to say, yeah, don't bother me anymore. I'm not interested or, you know, what the other, other three were. Okay. And here's a little bonus strategy that, that people are asking for. What would you say, what's a subject line that you would use in that very first email? Oh, that's a good one. Doesn't have to be yours specifically, but something. Yeah. Or do you like yeah. to go short or long, or what are some things to avoid? Hmm. Wow. 
on the spot. He's like, now I have on to go back. Spot? Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking. Um, you really want to, um, what I like to do is say a, just a smidge about who I am. You know, you know, we say we make um, soy candles inspired by Lux Americana, you know. So I might say, you know, these soy candles are perfect for your shop, you know. Okay, that's perfect. Something like yeah. that. Just very simple who you are. And, oh, the other thing I say is that... Um, I just drew a blank. Oh. <laughs> Open yeah. this email right now. <laughs> Open this email right I think now. So yeah. what he's saying is that, you know, he's giving them a reason like breadcrumbing it you know, they know whether or not they want to open that email. So it's not a vague email like, hey, congrats, or it's not a big email like, you know, let's be partners. It's an email that shows that you align, but also shows like, if I got that, I would be like, oh, look at this, you know, uh, Lux Candles inspired by Americana. If you're a fit, you know, you're a fit. Like there's times when I get, mm-hmm. I know when I've been targeted and I'm like, ooh, they know me, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So it just came back to me what it is I wanted to say. And I have a lot of success with this is I ask a question in mm-hmm. the subject line and it's a subject and it's a question of, it could be like, um, wouldn't you like to hear why these soy candles are perfect for your, you know, fill in the blank of what kind of a shop they are. You don't have to mention their name, but describe what their shop is mm-hmm. in that. And ask it in the form of a question um, because people want to, the thing about human beings is that we want to answer the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're asking a question that they know is about them, they want to know the answer. Oh, Greg, you have no idea on Instagram stories. Why we do polls is because you need to push one option. People the engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the serotonin or the instant gratification of letting your opinion happen, even if it's in the form of a slider or a poll. They want to let you know. They want to kind of raise their hand on, hey, this is what I think. You know, everybody wants to be seen and everybody wants to be heard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Give everyone an option to have an opinion. So, mm-hmm. Greg, I would love to ask, we've never really asked this, but I'd love to ask you to give a tip to product bosses that are listening to you on this podcast? Like what's one tip that you can kind of pull together and be like, I think you guys should know this. You're hitting him with some hard, I mean, here. We go way back. Life, Greg, now that yeah. you're on here. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, well, I tell you regarding what, um, just anything, right? Anything. So, it might be like put yourself out there or anything. Well, the the big the big push for me over the last three months and continuing into 2021 is definitely getting myself out there. Um, you were saying, and I think it was in another um, podcast I was listening to today <laughs> of yours, to uh, that the, the getting yourself on uh, Instagram Live more frequently uh, puts a face, your face, to the brand because so many of us. Um, the brand really is who we are. And I think that's what's missing in my own marketing strategy is there's not enough of that. And I'm a little, um, I don't know, I just don't like to do that. Like a lot of people don't like to, but it's something I need to get over to push forward. Um, the other thing too that I would say is um, just be fearless. You know, the worst thing that they're going to say is no. 
in whatever tactic you're out there trying to do marketing wise, you just got to keep keep pushing through because was that old story about Colonel Sanders? He was he asked 99 times for somebody to buy his chicken recipe. And finally, somebody said yes, you know, on the hundredth try. Hopefully, we'll take 99 times for you. But, you know, the thing, too, is to learn from each of your tries, you know, what worked, what didn't work. Just do a little postmortem after every email blast, after every sale, after every launch. Um, when you guys talk about this all the time, it's just, you know, what, what worked, what didn't work. Make a note. Don't do that again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or do it again in a different way, right? Right, exactly um, right. I love that. And I loved how we circled back to kind of the fearlessness thing um, of being fearless, because I think it does take a little bit of that. When you make bold moves, you got to be a little bit fearless, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, um, and then the showing up and putting your face to the brand. Clearly, um, a lot of our product bosses have products because they don't want to be the face of the brand, but it truly is the way for all of you, each and every one of you to stand out in your own way. And just like what Greg was saying, it, you know, we are often our brands. I mean, you could pick up one of your candles and that is you in a tangible form, you know, with the letterpress label and the heavy glass and the Amber, you know, container. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that that is your advice because I think that is what we need more of and what we're going to see really get ahead in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, we can't exactly. wait to see how your business grows. So Greg, would you mind sharing with our listeners how they can buy from you, follow you and share your brand? You can buy from me at uh, lodestonecandles.com. That's L-O-D-E, stonecandles.com. And my Instagram hashtag or handle, excuse me, <laughs> hashtag on the brain uh, <laughs> is uh, at lodestone.candles. Amazing. We'll put that all in the show notes. So thank you, Greg, so much for being on here and sharing uh, your you. inside strategies. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. One last thing before we go, we created this podcast as a reminder, you are not alone in this. Growing a product business is hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening because we truly appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to those of you who left a review. Thank you. We read every single one of them, including this one from Christy B33. It says great chemistry. We've got great chemistry, Nina. I like it. I already like this review. I just discovered these two last week, have been tuning in every day to see what I can learn next. Great to see women supporting each other in a partnership that helps others. Well, Christy, thank you. Mina and I try and model this for all of you. We really do have a great time as partners and we really want to lift all people, including women. So thank you for leaving this positive review. It really helps us reach more business owners just like you. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most, because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge. If you head to shop one in five, 
pledgeofhope.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop One in Five pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.